I'm Amy and you're listening to the Creativity I'm Amy and you're listening to the Creativity Matters podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters podcast, a new drawing group experience for me. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy. And I appreciate you joining me today. This is episode 391, A Drawing Group. And it is Saturday again already. Already. It is funny, I guess. I didn't release last week's show. I got it already and then I didn't release it. And so you'll maybe hear them back to back, although who knows? I've heard from a few people that they aren't listening to things during the pandemic or aren't listening to the podcast specifically during the pandemic. So the timing is really something just in my head, my own sense of where I was in that moment when I put together that show and where I am now in this moment. Last week feels far away. Long ago, in pandemic times, time itself is all messed up. I mentioned that we watched an animated show called Undone, and it was a very interesting show to watch. It's about time and the bending and repeating of time, the redoing of time, an odd but really compelling animated show. Pandemic time is a mess. It's been a whole week now, which is hard for me to believe, but it's been a whole week since I spent two raised days searching for a single piece of paper, a single slip of paper, but an important piece of paper. And in the middle of a pandemic that this piece of paper is so important really makes me crazy. I lost my W-2 and yes, I should have needed it a month ago. I realized that. But now that I really do need to take care of my taxes not finding that slip of paper was very close to something like the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. It's been a whole week. Camel's back. We finally took the walk to the top of Twin Peaks. Check. And as we came back down, there was a moment of me pointing out at the ocean, trying to make sure they stop and savor moment. They walk so fast, trying to make them stop and savor it, savor the fact that we are right here in this moment, able to walk up the middle of the street in this beautiful, quiet moment of being able to do that, something that may or may not ever be possible again. And as we came back down, I was like, look, that's the ocean out there. Because as a parent, you always keep reinforcing these boundaries and parameters and trying to make sure your kids understand how things lay out. That's the ocean right there. And they didn't quite believe me, even though I know they understand and know this. They're quite old enough. They kind of were refusing to believe that I knew what I was talking about, that that is what we were seeing because it was very foggy. It was not foggy where we were. So the fog was just a few miles in the distance. But that white, that's the ocean. 
that's the horizon at the end of that. And that's the sky just above. And it's really only about four miles, maybe less. And of course, they had to start joking about the earth being flat. And we had to go through all that. And then looking to the other side, there's the bay. And we could see that much more clearly, blue and blue-gray. And there we were, right at the base of one hill with another hill in front of us. I didn't know the city was shaped like a camel's back, one kid says. And then, of course, we all have a moment of visualizing what that means in this moment, in this context. Us in the middle of these two humps, these two hills with water on each side of us. This sense of being in this narrow band of land with water on each side. And we laughed. Kids say funny things. Even grown-up kids say funny things. And we all sort of get each other. And you can't beat that. You can't beat that. And so I stop right now. And I savor that moment. The silliness of that moment. Right? It's not a comment that really means anything. But that moment, along with a few others on this walk, walk up and down. Those will become locked in time for me. As something right now, in this year of 50 before 50, in this time of the pandemic, that moment. I've tried to find a way to fit in this year, to make connections, and time and time again, I have come up against a wall and I realize it just isn't that easy. We all sort of get each other. You can't beat that. Pandemic time is a mess. I lost that slip of paper. I finally gave up after two days, and I sent out an SOS for help. Fingers crossed. Another entire week gone. No resolution. Pandemic time. Everything is still closed. For the most part, everything other than essentials, things that are considered essentials, everything is still closed, despite there being more and more talk about things opening up around the country. And I spend a lot of time looking at different states and what that means. Things are still closed. I had to do a pharmacy pickup yesterday. It was my third time to be in any building other than my home in the last eight weeks. I have not been in a single store, a single grocery store other than the pharmacy three times. And as I walked in for this pickup, I walked between people standing on the sidewalk in front of the store, front of the pharmacy, six feet apart in line to get into the grocery, which is in the same little complex of stores. A line that wrapped all the way down the length of the grocery, all the way across an opening, all the way across the pharmacy and another store, and all the way around this little strip of businesses. Probably a hundred or so people in line waiting for their chance to get in. And I am glad that I haven't stood in that line at all. We have managed to make do with online orders and when I manage to get one, I always feel very much relieved and victorious. But I watch what others say, and I know that most people have been out and about, at least to the store, maybe every week to the store, some people even more. 
And I do know that some people still don't take any of this seriously. I do know that. It's been different here. And some of you live in places where it has been very different. I'm looking ahead and I'm not really sure how things are going to change or quite honestly when I'm really going to go into a store again. I'm not really planning to run into the store or a store. Pandemic time. Last week there were hawks or maybe that was two weeks ago. And I was happy to have seen them, to have heard them to have identified them and put the sound and the sight together. A few hawks. Actually, I am not quite sure I even talked about the hawks. There were hawks in the tree, in the same tree that the cedar wax wings had been in. There were hawks, a whole family of hawks. And I listened to the sounds over and over and finally went and looked and found the hawks. And they do live in this area, but they were definitely in the tree. And I thought that I told that on the show. But I didn't. There have been so many moments of listening and bird sound and bird song, especially when I walk the dog. And I've recorded all kinds of bits and pieces with my phone, none of which have ever made it into a show. I could create quite a soundscape, I'm sure. But I'm glad that day that I saw the hawks and that I realized what was there. A few hawks in the tree out back, but still too far away for them to show up as more than a smudge in my phone photos. And my phone has a smudge anyway, something trapped in the lens of my new phone, my new phone, which was such a big deal for me, but so necessary. There's evidently something trapped inside in the lens. And so there is a smudge that shows up in every photo I take. And I can't deal with it because things are closed. This is the kind of thing that would be hard for me to deal with anyway. But I really don't have any recourse right now. Uh, It is a smudge that I think and fear will haunt me forever with this phone. So that means for like three or four years. A smudge that shows up in every photo, every photo of my drawings, of my journal, of my sketchbook. There is the smudge. But the hawks are only there in my photo of that tree if you know they are there. So they feel that far away, even though it's really just a few trees beyond my fence line. So I saw those and I was really glad. And then I sat down at my computer later and saw a beautiful view. Someone's window view with a dozen or more lorikeets, all perched on a balcony ledge. Beautiful. They're colorful. I had to go look them up. I wasn't even familiar with them. Just look it up right now for you. Make sure I'm right. Yeah, I'm right. Rainbow lorikeet. It's a species of parrot found in Australia. Small to medium-sized parrots characterized by their specialized brush-tipped tongues for feeding on nectar of various blossoms and soft fruits. Maybe I'm not right. Maybe it wasn't a lorikeet. Yeah, so I doubted myself. So I just pulled it up to make sure I wasn't totally saying the wrong bird name. And I had taken a snapshot because this was such a wonderful and enchanting moment. Some of you know how I have been obsessed with the wild parrots of Telegraph Hills. There's a couple of groups of parrots in the city. So something about this photo is just, there's no way this wouldn't grab me. And this person wrote, 
my view every afternoon around 4 p.m. just outside the kitchen window. These are Australian rainbow lorikeets, which are a small native parrot. We usually get around 40 visits every day. These parrots are just all over this person's balcony or deck, whatever it is. How amazing. And they are, you'll have to look them up. They appear to be a really intense lime chartreuse green body with a blue head and then a flame orange, orange yellow band across the throat and the top of the body. And then it looks like maybe yellow on the back of the head, yellow on the base of the head before the green. It must be amazingly magical to look out and see those. I hope that that person looks out every day and doesn't take that for granted, sees that and realizes the magic of that. I really do hope that. So I had seen my little hawks, which were a smudge in my photos, not hawks that anyone else would be able to see in a photo. And then I sat down and I saw this amazing view of the lorikeets. This is a beautiful group. It's a group on Facebook, people around the world coming together to share their view out the window during these times. It's an idea obviously born in solidarity, in humanity, in this global awareness and reaching out, everyone for the most part stuck in their homes, taking a view out their windows and saying, look, here's my view today. I'm here. We're going to make it. The idea is pure. It's beautiful. The images have been so beautiful. Incredibly stunning views. Gorgeous buildings. Colorful photos. Amazing gardens. Breathtaking sunrises. Fantastic houses. Yeah. I've bounced around between loving all of it and I really do love a lot of it. These are amazing photos. But also feeling overwhelmed. And yeah, jealous. Yeah, it's definitely the underbelly of this kind of phenomenon. This kind of phenomenon, this kind of group. I think all of this new hyper-real online connection has that risk. Social media gets a bad rap in a lot of ways anyway, and there's something about what's going on right now that it can actually amp up all of that even more. We're seeing other people's spaces in very different ways. And wow, I feel like I've reached such a point of acceptance with my reality. It's very much part of this whole sense of self and space and time and mindfulness. But things like this really bring this whole have and have not sensibility crashing to the forefront again and again and again. Such beautiful, beautiful views out these people's windows. They're seeing these things every day. I definitely have had all kinds of moments of pause, put it that way. But the eye candy part of me can't peel my eyes away from the photos the part of me that loves eye candy, that gravitates towards these beautiful images. So I look, and I hear over and over in my head how I'm never going to have any of that. And why not? And wow, to see that every day, to have that view, that beauty, 
I can't tear my eyes away. And I think I probably really should. I'm taking an online class about happiness. I think I mentioned it. A class I jokingly say I am doomed to fail. You'll probably laugh at that with me because I am sardonic in exactly that way. Class I'm doomed to fail because it's about happiness. And I really am enjoying it. I wish I had taken a class like this 30 years ago, maybe 35. I really wish I had had this class. And that surprises me. And I'm trying to convince the boys to sit through it on their own. Just do it. I think it would be such a good thing for them to do that now. And I just wonder if it would change how they view their day-to-day and their future and the choices they make and how they decide what matters. So I'm still a skeptic about many things. That isn't going to instantaneously change, but I am so glad to be doing this. I'm hooked. I'm really hooked. I find it a really good part of my day to tune in to one or more of these videos in the morning as I'm just getting started working or when the timing is right, even better, just before I officially hang up my Amy's in shingle for the day at work, which is then there until who knows when, dinner time or later, I watch one of these videos and I am so glad that I'm doing this. I don't think I'll ever be topping the charts on a happiness meter, but it has been fascinating to me already just a few weeks in to see that I instinctively do many, many, many of the things that are talked about in this class as ways to improve happiness. I do these things. I already do these things. These are things that I have come to in these years as my own way of coping, my way of appreciating my here and now, my way of recording the world, of savoring, even small stories of noticing, moments of seeing, little bitty adventures and searches and journeys and discoveries, all of that. The ways in which I stop and ponder, wander, wonder, appreciate moments of whimsy, focus on gratitude, and everything I bring to this show that comes out of that. I'm seeing all those things come up in a really interesting way. So many things that I do, I'm now understanding and appreciating in new ways. These have been instinctive things for me. I always think they are a part of who I am as a writer but I am deeply appreciating them now. I already appreciate them, but I'm appreciating them now and seeing these approaches to living and to the journey in new ways. In some cases, there are things I do that I often think, people probably think it's really odd that I do this. And I'm objectively now seeing somebody talk about these things and how important they can be. And that's really gratifying. It's really interesting, just all in all. I did something new today. And some of you saw me post about this in the CMP group. Some of you I told. I've been following a group for more than a year. It could actually be about two years. I'm not sure. A local group of urban sketchers who meet weekly. And they often meet at a coffee shop a different one. I think they rotate around. It's a location-based group. So within the city, there are, I guess you would call them neighborhoods, but every little area has a name. So this is a location-based group. And 
I don't technically live in that specific location, but I'm nearby. And they meet at different coffee shops and they often meet kind of close to my area. So that's partly why I thought this was a really good fit. And sometimes they meet at other outdoor spaces. So I'm not an urban sketcher. That's kind of been my moment of hesitation, my real moment of hesitation, because I'm not an urban sketcher. I have never had the sense, though, that this group is truly and solely an urban sketching group. There might be a little more leeway. Real urban sketching groups are very, very rule focused from everything I've heard. And this group is a little different. So they don't have even urban sketching in their name. So it's a group. And I've been following them forever. And, you know, they announce their upcoming meetings. And I always think, okay, will I be able to do this? Can I talk myself into doing this? I've been trying to get up the nerve for over a year, at least, maybe a year and a half, maybe two, trying to get up the nerve to go to one of these meetings in person. And I've kind of given up on it. I've kind of given up on it, although it did play a role in this year for me. So back in March, there was going to be a meeting at a local urban garden. It's like a community garden, a neighborhood garden, which is literally right around the corner from me. And I thought, maybe I'll go to that just to observe. I don't even have to say that I'm there as part of this group. I could just go see them in person, see what it looks like. Can I imagine myself actually talking to these people? There seemed to be a possibility to that. And then it turned out that that was the day that I needed to pick up my oldest from school for spring break. And with the timing of that drive, I couldn't put it off. I couldn't wait until after this group met. The group was meeting midday. So I didn't have a choice. I had sort of in my head said, okay, I'm going to go and do this. And then it became clear that I couldn't. And it felt like a super weird coincidence that I kind of decided to do it. The opportunity was there and then I wasn't able to do it. You know, we play these games with ourselves to do this one meeting, which would be easy for me to casually infiltrate, maybe say hi, just see if I think maybe I could do this. As it turns out, they canceled that day anyway, because it was at the very start of the coronavirus issues. And here in the city, things did start closing very early and stopping and so on. We all know this timeline. So over the last two months, they've had some Zoom meetings. And I didn't immediately notice they were doing this. I don't, I don't think they always pop to the top of my feed. So once a week, instead of doing their local get together, they've been doing a Zoom thing. Seems like a couple of times I saw this after the fact and I thought, oh, I need to pay attention next week and see if maybe I could do this. A couple of them seem to have been portrait style. I have seen these kinds of drawings from other groups and other people who have groups where they do a Zoom meeting and everybody draws everybody that they see in their little Zoom squares. And it's pretty awesome. I think it's very cool. I know they've done a portrait party one, too, in much more the round robin way. So I thought, okay, I'm going to see today what they're doing. Now, I'm not an urban sketcher. I'm still not an urban sketcher. I don't do portraits from life or anything like that in a way that I'd be comfortable 
necessarily diving into a group and being put on the spot. I was really worried about it. I had a lot of anxiety about this. But today I thought, okay, I'm going to see what they have. And turns out there was one scheduled not long after I looked, and it was going to be still life focused. Everyone bring a banana and a lemon and a bowl and a bottle, something like that. And I saw the info just about a half hour, maybe 45 minutes before it was ready to start. So I tried to figure out, could I do it? Where would I do it? How would I do it? Where could I set the laptop so that this would work and be possible? I work all day long with my laptop sitting on the couch next to me propped up on a pillow. So how could I do this? How could I set it up so that I could do this group drawing thing via Zoom? Also not have to worry about what's showing and what's visible in my space in my house. And no, I didn't want to use a Zoom background. I felt like that just wouldn't be the right move in this setting and with these people that I don't know. So I worked it out. I figured out what to do, a way to do it that I could live with. I tested it first to see what that looked like. And I got everything set up. I grabbed a small sketchbook thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll just do it in this. I grabbed my big one thinking, well, I'll have to balance the little one on this because I don't have a surface otherwise. I made sure I had a pen or two. I didn't grab any still life objects, though. I thought maybe I could just use what others were showing and beg off having my own. I wasn't sure how it was going to work. I thought there were going to be a lot of people. And I almost bailed. I wasn't really sure I could actually make myself log in and do this. And for some of you, you just don't get it. And for some of you, you're nodding going, oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I totally understand. So there were just a few minutes left before it started, and I was still really not sure. I kept checking the clock, thinking, okay, am I going to do this? Am I going to do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? Am I really going to do this? And I couldn't figure out why it was so hard for me. I tried to understand what was going on in my head. What was making this so hard? What am I afraid of? I'm just a person. These are just people. These are just people on the other end. What makes this so hard? So I logged in and I thought, or maybe hoped, that there would be enough people that I could just sort of be invisible. Ultimately, there were, I think, 10 total. But at the start, I was one of the first, I think, four. And so I could not be invisible. I had to sort of be there and had to jump in and own up to who I was and that I'd been following along forever and finally decided to try this. And ultimately, it was great. It was great. They all work in watercolor, but for a bit more than an hour, it was an hour and a half session. So for a little more than an hour, we all drew or painted. And that was awesome. Everybody working on their own thing and drawing or painting, but together was really wonderful. That's also a long time for me, an hour that's a long time for me to draw a bowl with two lemons and a tomato because I didn't have a banana. And I said I didn't get anything out, and I didn't. But once it became clear how we were going to do it, I had to get up and go into the kitchen and grab what I could find. So I did it. It was amazing to be with other people working this way in real time. There were little bits of conversation happening, some discussion of books and some recipes and just some how's everybody doing but the drawing was the focus. Wow, it was so cool. It was real. 
And it was real in a way that I crave. Real in a way that I crave. And at the end, everyone had to show what they did. And wow, that was hard. That was really hard for me. I had done my little still life, and then it did turn out that two people put theirs on camera for others to draw. So I had done one of those. And everyone went around and had to show what they did. Most had done at least their own and one of the others. Some did both of the others. And they all did full color, watercolor illustrations, watercolor sketches of these things. And when it was my turn, I had to say, I work in pen and ink and I was a little embarrassed. I felt a little awkward about that. I showed my pieces. I did what I had to do. And there was something awesome in just doing it. Am I still afraid to go in person? Yeah. Am I going to try again next week for the next Zoom? Yes, I am. And did I already go ahead and plan to join another Zoom tomorrow, Sunday, Mother's Day, with another group? Yes, I did. Do I wish I had a group of people who work more like me in terms of what they draw and how they draw, who might Zoom once a week and do portraits or still life pieces? Absolutely. Am I thinking about setting that up or how I could set it up or who would do it with me? Yep. Do I already know those people? No, I don't. Do I know a few who might? Yes. If you draw and you listen to this show and you hear this and you might be interested in a weekly group drawing virtual thing, then send me an email or DM me at Instagram. I'm oamy, oamy. I would like to see what might happen. This is not just a get-together social thing. It may have aspects of that if we decide it's that kind of group. But I'm really looking at what a different kind of small drawing group might be. I'm really happy to get to know this local group too. And I really hope this turns into something because I need this. But I'd also like to explore an ink group. One that I run myself. Yeah, one that I run myself. But overall... Today was a huge check, an unexpected check off the list today. I didn't wake up today and say, I'm going to go to a drawing group today and really tackle this. It was very much more a side-eye approach, like, hmm, wonder if they're doing something. But I'm still feeling really good about having done it. Outside my comfort zone, true. And I still don't really know any of these people, but... I was so excited when it was over. Matthew got up just around the time that I finished and he asked what I'd been doing. He must have heard, he probably heard when I showed mine because I was near the end and he thought it sounded cool. It's not the kind of thing he thinks he would ever do, but he also didn't think he would like everybody drawing the same thing, which was very interesting. And I think we grow into this understanding, this trust in our voice the sense of shared creativity or shared communal space around which we are creative, this awareness that there are an infinite number of approaches. That's what we see at Sketchy for those of us who use Sketchy, a bunch of people drawing the same person. And it's all cool, each one in his or her own way. It is what I like about the Draw With Me thread that we've been doing in the Facebook group. People who trust their own voice And are okay with drawing the same thing and realizing they're all going to look different. 
They're all valid. People who trust their own voice, that's where I'm at. He did think it was cool. I feel pretty sophomoric about the two pieces I did. I've gotten a little more critical even throughout the day as I've looked at them. I'm just trying to relax into it and let it go. So not things I normally would have drawn, right? When I showed my pieces, someone asked me about the art they could see behind me. They wanted to know if it was art by a specific artist. No, that's art by my 19-year-old. Although he did those pieces when he was uh, 16, 17. What a strange moment, though. So strange to have me showing my little pen and ink, heavily cross-hatched still life, and have them ask about the paintings in the background. I went and looked up the artist after that they asked about, and I totally see why they thought that. It is a total compliment, of course. Has he painted anything this year, this entire first year of college? No. No. I really hope art is still a thing for him someday, and that someday he has or finds, or starts, or runs a local or online group. I keep hoping I can change my own reality. Simplifying my life and the things around me would have been a big part of that this year. And sometimes as I look around the room, there are boxes everywhere. Stacks of water and seltzer and diet soda, and boxes of chips and goldfish and triscuits. It isn't lost on me how ironic... All of this is in the context of the year I thought I was in. One step forward, two steps back. If you find that your online spaces cause you to feel more alienated than usual in these days, I don't think you're alone. It's almost this weird thing. Feels like everybody's reaching out and connecting and it's all awesome. But I actually think you're not alone if you find that some of what has happened has made you feel even more isolated and even more alienated and even more outside. For some, there is a frenzy of sharing. And in some ways, that can also be alienating. There's so much potential hurt out there. So many little groups that feel like insider clubs and lots of insider references and lots of winks and high fives and it can be really hard. And you probably know what I mean. You've probably seen it or felt it. There's this whole cool kids thing, and I hate it that we never outgrow that. And I really hate knowing that some of the cool kids are people who used to know me and now look right over me. Every single time I step into a space it's kind of like ripping off a Band-Aid because I, I know how it feels. And I tell myself, I have to just keep doing it. I have to just toughen up. I have to just not let this bother me. Just, just completely not let it bother me. And maybe I tell myself that someday they're going to see me again, notice me, and we'll get together on a Saturday and reminisce and draw or paint and realize that we should have been friends all along. And see, I don't think it'll ever happen quite that way. I've been having real issues with my spaces. Not new issues, just issues, real issues. And I can't give up on being in those spaces because those spaces are also incredibly important to me. 
And I do have some real need to try and share and try and connect. This need over and over and over again to try and find someone or something or some space or some group that I connect with. Even when it feels like I'm somehow failing in these spaces. I'm not sure where I'll be when all of this is done, when all of this is over. I'm really not. But there is this tree. And it is only a tree that I saw because I stopped one day and turned around. I was walking down the hill, walking the dog, and I stopped and I turned around. And as I did so, I saw this spindly tree growing on the side of a hill, leaning, definitely growing at quite an angle, covered with beautiful yellow flowers. But you only see this tree from that angle. You only see it when you walk down and you look back up. When you walk down, it is obscured by the hillside. You would never know it's there. You walk right past it without seeing it. And if you come up the other side of the street, I'm not sure you would even notice it. It would not necessarily jump out at you from the distance of across the divide of the street. Several times now, I've stopped and turned to remind myself that that tree is there and that I notice it, that I see it, and that I have to look to see it. And I smile when I do. I remind myself again and again that these things are around us, that we have to look to see. And that is not something that is only for the cool kids. I am the art. The art is me. So that is it for today. That's it for episode 391. And I have to say, I was really glad to get in here this afternoon to record this. I have definitely had trouble being able to get into my space to do that. And I turned on the little lights. They make me so happy. I said before, I really should manage to put something like this in the other room. I was really glad to just be able to come in here and sit down my space, my familiar perch, my familiar window behind me with the noise of the cars going up and down the hill. I still have a lot of things to do today. Today went really fast and the hour and a half drawing call was awesome, but it also took an hour and a half and it is now dinner time. And I still have my self-portrait to do because I still have a few more weeks of doing that. Not all that many weeks, but still a few more. I will see that through. So I'm glad to be here. I'm glad for the chance to talk to you whenever you hear this. And maybe you're a cool kid. I don't know. I'm not. But I do know how to stop and look. And I do know how to draw what I see. And both of those things matter to me. And I do like to stop and savor. Think things over. Retell them make connections, document. I do these things and I enjoy these things. And I hope that by listening, you find your own inroads into your own story and your own existence and your own journey. And you do some of these things too. As always, I'm Amy. 
You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Hadless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. Thank you to those of you who support the show at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativitymatters. Your support means pretty much everything for this show as I try and figure out what I'm doing moving forwards and how I make things work and ends meet, which is definitely an issue. Your support means a great deal. So I do really appreciate it. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. I hope you are well. I hope you are staying balanced, that you are being careful when you do go out, when you do go out and stretch and welcome that new flexibility and new freedom as things open up. But I hope you stop and look around and that you appreciate that you say thank you for things, that you don't take things for granted, that you practice gratitude. Have a good week, everyone. Mm-hmm.